granddad business with Aaron Caliber. That's my dad. Hello. Underpants? That is hilarious. Shut your mouth, dude. Rate and review this podcast or my daddy will go into a deep depression. Welcome to Grown Dad Business. I have no idea if this is recording. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> it is. It is recording. Uh, we're driving to the pool. The whole family is in the car. Say hi, everybody. Hi. What was that? Luke the Nuke sounded like a 400-pound, 80-year-old man. You did sound kind of like a zombie. Uh, the baby is shutting up because we gave her some keys. So if you hear some keys jingling. Um, but hey, welcome to Grown Man Business. Grown Dad Business. What is this called? I don't remember. Uh, Hot Biscuits and Dads. That's a movie that I would not recommend to children. Hot Biscuits and Dads. That's the name of my next act. Luke, would you shush your mouth? Jeez, he's got a co-host the whole show. Uh, this is an intro for this episode today. I had an amazing guest uh, when I was uh, on tour. Uh, one of my friends from Los Angeles ended up being the feature opener uh, when I was headlining in Oklahoma City, which is crazy because he is a headliner in his own right. He's hysterical. And uh, basically, you know, he was trying not to be a headliner for these clubs. And I was like, oh, crap, because he's a destroyer. Um, but before I introduce the opener, uh, you know that I got to hit you up with uh, my sponsorship friends. Uh, number one, Goods and Evil. You know goodsandevil.com. Uh, check those guys out. If you like horror movies or movies at all, hey girl, that's the baby. Uh, goodsandevil.com. Also, they have a huge line of vegan t-shirts as well if you're into that. Use the coupon code GROWNUP on goodsandevil.com. Save 10% on any order. That's pretty awesome. Some of my favorite shirts of all time are from Goods and Evil. Also, if you're a comedian, an entertainer, or a musician, check out Ignite Hospitality. Ignite, I-G, Ig, Ignite Hospitality. What they do for you is they barter deals with hotels and get you cheap hotels all for a trade of social media. All you gotta do is give a positive Yelp review, uh, give a shout out on social media, and you get a cheap hotel room for your shows or whatever you're doing in town. It's pretty rad. I just booked, you know, two, next week, I'm staying at the Hilton in downtown Chicago for 40 bucks a night. It's a $300 a night hotel. It's pretty rad. So check out Ignite Hospitality. Tell Adam that AK sent you. So that's pretty awesome. And uh, that's about it. My guest today um, is Ty Rivera, really funny comedian. Um, you may have seen him on Gabriel Iglesias' Stand Up Revolution, but uh, we talk about some interesting things. Ty has a very interesting life. Uh, he is a uh, gay Mexican from Phoenix, Arizona. Um, so he is Trump's demographic, um, which is funny because he will adamantly talk about how he's a Trump supporter. It's very, he's a very interesting person and I love him for it, for being himself 
and uh, he's he's just so fun to hang out with. Really funny. We talk about his huge family and and uh, a couple other things. But uh, please enjoy and uh, check out Ty Rivera. Follow him. Blah blah blah. You can see me live if you would like. Uh, I'm going to be in Chicago next week doing the show Comedians You Should Know on the 27th and on the 28th I'll be at the Laugh Factory Chicago and then I will be headlining at Jokers in Milwaukee the rest of that weekend then uh, then what am I doing? I don't even remember Uh, then I'm going to Little Rock I'll be at the Looney Bin in Little Rock the first week of August and then I'll be at the Houston Improv with my homie John Witherspoon Uncle Spoon so check that out all right. Enjoy my chat with Ty Rivera. So, yeah, I have Ty Rivera. We uh, just had an amazing week. Um, we're finishing off an amazing week in Oklahoma City. Yes, It's sir. been fun. It's been very fun. I just It's just week three for me. I know. Being out here. You know, I mean, like I was Wichita first, Tulsa second, and now Oklahoma City. And then I have Little Rock to go. Wow, you're doing a month of loony bins. Yeah, and today it just hit me that I'm actually tired. Wow. Yeah, until today, I felt fine, you know, and, and no no regular, like, comic, uh, you know, depression or any of that yeah, stuff, yeah. but it, it just today, it finally hit me. I was like, I'm kind of tired. No, traveling wears on you pretty good. Yeah. It does. It does. I had I had a crazy travel week. Um, yeah, so uh, this this week, I was, I, I might have, well, I've said the tie. I, I thought tie was headlining in Tulsa. And I, I was like, I, I contacted the, the GM at Tulsa and I was like, oh, you have Ty. And uh, he's like, oh, he's only featuring and he's featuring for you next week. And I was like, what the shit? Because <laughs> you're a beast. Uh, you're a great comic. People obviously ever tell them, go look up Ty Rivera. Um, what's your website? America's favorite fag.com. <laughs> How is that not the best porno site ever? How did I don't you know. how did you get that website? <laughs> I don't know. I was I was up late one night in a hotel room and I remember being like cuz I've like I started saying America's favorite fag that I wanted to be America's favorite fag like way back when so I was open miking. Yeah. And so one night it just hit me in a hotel room. I was like I should see if that's available. And it was. Yeah, and like technically my website is tyrivera.com. Yeah. But then I have to tell people spell Thai like Thai food or you know what I mean? Right. So this way if it's just America's favorite fag then it's it's a fun way <laughs> well we're very different because uh i i say like people don't know how to spell aaron cliver so i say go to grown dad business.com well a little bit different same thinking but yeah <laughs> same general thinking that is a, that is a kind of a funny brand i can't even pimp your website uh because i don't even want to say it um, <laughs> i don't i don't blame you i know a lot of people can't say it you know when i first got my facebook fan page uh i named it ty rivera's big gay fan page <laughs> that's funny <laughs> but then people didn't want to like it because it, then it's on their page that they like oh yeah and so i hit facebook up and was yeah. able to change it because they wouldn't let you change it on your own. Oh. Yeah, and so I hit Facebook up and said, hey, it's, I'm a business, and I thought this would be funny at first, but it's ended up, you know, not being the most beneficial. Oh, wow. Can we change it? Wow. And so they allowed me to change it to Ty Rivera Comedy. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That is a funny idea, though, but it is like, uh, you know, 
it, I guess for some people, it'd be like, you know, Aaron Kleiber likes Ty Rivera's big gay fan page. Yeah, and then all your friends see that, and then, you know, if you like something from my post. I, I know, but I have no, no, so that many makes sense. straight, you know, like, I have so many comedy fans that uh, are the opposite of what people would expect me to have. Yeah. Soccer moms, a lot of straight, sure. um, very secure in their in their sexuality, straight men, you know. Do you think that people sometimes like that are are fans of yours as like a secret novelty? Like their way in or their like look in like, you know, they're like, I know, I really like this comedian and I kind of, you know, did yeah. that make sense? Yeah, and I also make everything really accessible for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a lot of them don't have a lot of exposure to the gay community or gay life. Yeah. And so like the because I have a sense of humor about everything. And then also like on private message I'll get a lot of people asking me questions that are just legit questions. Yeah. Like trying to figure stuff out. Like when Caitlyn Jenner was a big deal. Yeah. Um this lady hit me up and was like, um, look, I know you posted on your page that you think she's a hero. And I just can't see it that way. Yeah. So can you explain to me why it is you think she's yeah. a hero? And so I explained it to her and then she was like, okay, I totally see how you see that. I still personally don't, yeah. but I appreciate you explaining it to me because yeah. at least I can see how you would. Yeah. Do you think Caitlyn Jenner is a hero? Um, I, I, I think she was, I thought she was, I mean, I still kind of think she is because, um, when someone with that visibility in that age range um, yeah. comes out, you know, especially as trans, that mm -hmm. really makes it a lot more um, relatable to the older people that feel like that didn't really happen in their generation, mm -hmm. even though it clearly was happening then. Right. You know what I mean? And like, so I think like her opening the eyes to people that, you know, are maybe in her same age range. Oh, okay. Is what? Yeah, the visibility thing makes sense. I mean, that's the only one thing I know I told people. I'm like, well, that's good. Yeah. Like, I think that whole family's garbage, but, like, I think it's good good for uh, good for her. Yeah, you know? I, I don't watch the Kardashians. I've seen a couple episodes. I don't really watch, but I like them a lot just because uh, I'm never against people that know how to make money. That's a, that's a good point. I, I can't argue that. That's my only thing with them. You know, they're really good at branding and marketing. And, you know, as we all know as comics, that's yeah. something that's not the easiest thing in the world. You know, yeah, it's yeah. not easy to make people... It's not easy to make people pay attention to you when you have a talent. Right. So the fact that none of these people technically have a talent, which isn't an insult, but none of them sing, they don't dance, they're not, no, they don't you know, anything. they're not known for a talent. Yeah. Yeah. And like to be able to make yourself famous off of that, especially to that level. Right. Is, is what I respect about them. Now, uh, like now, I, I think the last time I saw you do stand up, I think I saw you at the comedy store real quick, but I saw you about three or four years ago and you did a hilarious joke about, uh, scaring men hiding in the bushes mm -hmm. um which was really funny and uh you got to do that last night and i laughed wholeheartedly <laughs> but like now it now it seems like i don't i didn't i never remembered you from three or four years ago being like the say whatever you want kind of comic yeah you know now it's just like you say whatever you're feeling and it's damn hysterical thank you yeah i mean and people love it people are like you know whether you agree with it or not people are like oh it i think I enjoy it because it's like you're expressing yourself. Yeah, and that's what the point is. 
it's not like, you know, I because I know that a lot of people don't agree with the things I say, and I'm fine with that. I don't feel like it's my job as a comic to make you see things the way I do. You right, know what right. I mean? Like, I'm not trying to convince sure. anybody of anything. Like, the main point is to make people laugh. Yeah. And then the fact that I use my opinions in that is just, like, me having fun. Yeah, you that's stand-up. I mean, we aren't supposed to be selling some idea. It's just a, hey, come along for a ride in our psyche. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And that's and, exactly the way I see it. Too many people don't get that as far as stand-ups go. Like, right. they really want to push their opinion on people, and then they wonder why people don't like them. And it's like, well, because you're trying to force them to think your way instead right. of just saying, this is the way I oh, think yeah. you're welcome to think however you want. Yeah, when comics get preachy, it's just like, relax. like The worst. Yeah, just be funny. And, uh, you know, I think you're, if you're, funny's your number one goal, you can still kind of touch people with your words. Yeah. I mean, just if they connect with you personally. Well, when did that start for you? I mean, you kind of always said what you wanted, but it seemed like... Unless I saw you do a road gig that was, you know, I don't know. Did you feel like you found that voice a little bit more in the last couple years? Yeah, I guess so. Because when I first, uh, when you first saw me, that's when I was with Joe Coy. Right. And, um, you know, I worked with him for a year and a half and he gave me a lot of freedom, never put any limitations on me. So I was able to grow. But at that time, um, I didn't have a lot of resistance. Like, you know, it was more. Well, you know, sometimes you do a redneck room and some people would be a little resistant or whatever, but you didn't have like the way Facebook has become. Right. Where people think they should tell you what you Ugh. should think. Ugh, I know. So once the, the real political correctness started really kicking in and yeah. I started getting pushback on stuff that to me was just me expressing a different way of looking at something. Um, once I started getting pushback on that, then I started like pushing back and being like no this is what i'm gonna say right so then i was like you know okay well let me just make it clear for everybody during my set right that i don't care what you think (laughs) you know like just laugh and enjoy it or don't go smoke a cigarette like that's one thing i make the announcement of sometimes yeah uh, when i'm headlining because when i'm featuring it's not my place to do it but I will tell people, like, you know, when I'm headlining that, like, you know, if at any point you truly get offended, feel free to get up and leave. You've had your two drinks. Yeah. <laughs> the club yeah. is fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. you paid for your ticket. You got a full show at this point because you yeah. saw the opener and the feature. You love them. So if you don't <laughs> like me, it's time to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, and I have always, I've said to you that, like, I appreciate that because I don't have the balls to do that. I, I try to be a nice person. I like to be liked. And uh, that's a fearless thing. It is. It's, uh, I, I, uh, you know, I, I think it's great. I, I, th- I look up to that. Thank you. I, just, I also just feel like, you know, and I, I don't, like, I have so many people in real life that really like me <laughs> that I don't really feel like strangers are that important. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. That's uh, getting therapeutic for me. No, you're you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, like, you know, I posted it on Facebook before. Like, my parents um, are ridiculously in love with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I have sisters and they're, like, you know, and my nephews and nieces. And so because I have that, I feel like as long as they're okay with me, yeah. then everything else. And if one of them yeah. were to choose not to be, that's their business, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, I still... <laughs> That's funny. Uh, that's true. No, that's true. Let's let, let me get into that. Like, so you grew up both parents 
Yes. And your parents are still together and in love. Um, <laughs> it's been over 40 years. I don't know okay. if in love. Are they in separate beds yet? No, they sleep in the same bed. Uh, you know, my parents, I've seen everything with them. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, so, like, I was... I remember that, like, when I talk about it on stage, like, there were times when I wondered how one of them didn't kill the other, yeah, right. you know? I mean, like, as, that's really the way it was when I was younger, you know? There were different points. Um, and, but now I think they've gotten to a point where maybe they're not in love, but they're definitely best friends. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's yeah. not they like that. They love each other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and as they get older, it's kind of cute to see that they get more and more... Um, affectionate towards each other like every when i was growing up i never saw them hold hands right and now like they hold hands sometimes or yeah. my dad like you know ribs my mom a little right. bit you know like but they've always been fun like they're they're right. the whole time like even when they didn't really like each other they were always like you know funny and silly yeah and so you you grew up in this big mexican family uh in arizona not too big. I no. have three sisters and then me. Well, four kids is still pretty big. Is that? Yeah, that's what I mean. Well, see, here's... Maybe not to Mexicans. <laughs> that's what I was just about to say. Um, my... I want to get all racist and say something to trigger somebody. <laughs> well, <laughs> then you're interviewing the wrong person. <laughs> no, my, my mom is from a family of 11. Yeah. And my dad is 13. Wow. Yeah, so when you say so big, well. and I think of my, you know, us being four. So when you have a cookout or a family reunion, it's it's huge. We don't go. <laughs> yeah, we don't even go? <laughs> no, we don't even go. Like, that's one thing I like about my parents. They they taught me from an early age. Like, um, we kind of broke off from everybody else. Like, they yeah. have decent relationships with their yeah. families, but we just don't pay attention to them. Now, is all... Is all of those people in your family, they all in Arizona? No, my dads are everywhere. Like, you know, Washington, California, yeah. like spread out over different states. Uh, and then also my dad was the baby um, of 13 brothers and sisters. Oh, okay. Or 12 brothers and sisters. Right. And um, he's now 75. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of his oh, brothers wow. and sisters have already passed away. Wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, in your mom's family, are they all around that area too? Yeah, my mom's family, I actually have a relationship with a, a few of them. Not a lot, but a few of them. Like, And they come out to see me, and they're really great. But And they don't mind me saying this. It's not like a put-down or anything, but they're a ghetto. Yeah. Yeah, they're super <laughs> ghetto. Like, we weren't raised ghetto. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they, they're a whole different. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh... So you said your parents were like f silly and fun. Yeah. Is, is that where you kind of get a sense of humor from? Yeah. And I also get the I don't care type stuff from my mom. Oh, really? My mom says whatever she wants all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. And it's been like that. Like the best thing about my mom is like to the outside world, she looks really quiet and respectful. That's my mom. Yeah, and then she, you know, rolls up the window to the car or closes the yes. door on the house and lets it go. And it's... My mom will smile and be like, oh, is that right? And then, like, turn her head to me like, I will fuck you. <laughs> exactly. Like, and just like, that piece of shit, that she's a whore. Like, just, yeah. My mom gets so mad hearing me say that. She's like, I don't do, yes, you do. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. that's what they do. Like, my yeah. mom's the same way. She's like, you make it sound like, and like, what, the truth? Yeah. That's what I make it sound like is the truth. You sound like I'm a crazy person. Yeah, you do go nuts. <laughs> you, you. 
Yeah, I remember because um, I grew up in Casa Grande, Arizona. My mom was raised in Phoenix, and so, my, so was my dad. Yeah. You know, so we moved to Casa Grande, which is a smaller town, and because um, my dad got work there, and like you know, it was it was a good life there. But um, my mom wasn't used to small town thinking. Right. And so I remember she would like, you know, listen to the other moms talk sometimes and whatever. She'd be in the car. Somebody would be standing next to the window talking to her. She'd roll up the window as soon as they were done and look over at me and go, small town, small brain. <laughs> I think that's the third catchphrase you've told me that your mom has said. She's like, great. Little like sayings. <laughs> yeah. Do you think so? Do you kind of get that? You do get that from her, you think? Just yeah. kind of like that fearlessness of just speaking your mind yeah for sure wow and it, like you know she always tells me like you know don't worry about people yeah you know like if if you know people used to bug me when i was younger she would just be like don't worry about them ignore them pretend like they're not and there. it sounds like it sounds like that your mom i'm just guessing correct me if i'm wrong it sounds like that your mom was probably a really great supporter when you came out as gay well, they didn't know how to take it at first. Like, my mom thought it was a phase. Okay. And so she told me, literally, when I told her I was gay, she told me, no, I'm, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah, and it was very, and it got very uncomfortable because it did turn into a yes, I am, no, you're not situation, like, back and forth. I don't, I don't, I don't know many people that go back. Yeah. They're like, yeah, I'm going to go. Yeah, that phase was that was a rough phase I went through. It sucks some dick, but I'm done with that. <laughs> yeah, it got boring. Oh, 97 was crazy. <laughs> like what? Yeah, it, but you know, so at first she thought it was a phase and then um my dad, you know, being a um Mexican American first generation really yeah. wasn't down with it, you know what I mean? Like right. um and then after a while, you know, they just accepted it. Yeah, is I mean, is it like I know in different, you know, cultures and different people, like it's a little bit different. I know black culture, it's it's a rough thing. Mm -hmm. Like it's a very secret thing. Yeah, how how are Mexicans with that? It used to be that way. Now it's gotten a lot more open. Yeah. But it used to be similar. And then like, you know, I met a fair amount of Mexicans from Mexico that um like I'm not generalizing and saying everybody sees sure. it this yeah, way, I'm, but I've, yeah, I'm not I've met a fair amount of um, Mexicans from Mexico that um, fuck around with guys, yeah. but they're married to women, and the way they see it is boys are for fun and women are for actually being married to a relationship. Okay, I'd imagine that's changing too now since everybody gets to be out, you know. But yeah, right. Like, back when I was younger, I remember that being a big well, that's, thing. That's kind of how it's been since the Greeks and the Romans. Yeah. I mean, re like, that's what yeah. it was. Same thinking. Yeah. yeah, right. Wow. Wow. So, um, so your family, what about your sisters? Now, were your sisters, did you say they were older? Um, two where, older, where, one younger. Oh, okay. Yeah. So how were they growing up? Were they also fun? My sister Margie is probably the funniest person I know. That is great to hear. Yeah, she's really funny. Um, she older or younger? Older. Yeah. Yeah, she's older than I am, but she's just really quick and funny. And um, but you know, she has no interest in stand up or anything like that. So she's just Don't you hate that when people are like that where they're, they're like so funny and they're like, "Oh, I couldn't get." I love it. I think they're the best kind, they though, because they don't want to exploit it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so yeah. to me, it's almost better. It's like, yeah, it's like this little secret. They're like so funny at parties or around a dinner table. And then you're just like, no, I couldn't get it. 
like yeah. at a wedding or something. I couldn't. I couldn't. Yeah. Like, what is what? And none of us um, at home have any kind of politically correct filter. Really? So yeah, everybody in my family just says whatever they want. You know, when we're around each other, we say absolutely they anything. Kind of all come from your mom. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and my dad's never discouraged it either. Like, my dad's never been like, you know, oh, you shouldn't say that. There's nobody in my family that says don't say that. Is, is, is your dad the kind of guy where, like, like, you and your sisters and your mom, is he the kind of dad that walks around, like, rolling his eyes like, you guys are nuts? <laughs> like, <laughs> I just picture him going, oh, like, oh yeah, there's, like, there's a lot of that. What do I have here? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that, but then there's also a lot of him encouraging us. Like, he's also really funny, you know, yeah. like, uh, but more, like, dry and also dad humor, you know, like, yeah. um, one time I was talking to him about my younger sister, because she was, like, um, 20-something, and I was like, from like because her and my mom had been getting not getting along well at all and i was like i don't know what it is but it's something about mom from like 25 to like 27 you just hate her and then i was like that's the way that's what i've noticed what like all your siblings yeah really yeah and then my dad (laughs) was like yeah, it happens again when you're about 60. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do, you, what do you think it is that like around that age, do you think it's because you're getting out of like that that young like that young young, you know, like early 20s and you're moving into adulthood and your mom's kind of annoying? Is that what it was? <laughs> trying to figure out why it would be like your mid-20s yeah i don't think because i don't think she starts to um respect us as adults mm. you know and that's yeah. the point where it really hits you like oh she's not taking me seriously oh yeah yeah like you know everything's like to her like you know we're her kids yeah right. and then so you have that period where you hate her and you get into it with her a lot <laughs> and then you know you both grow she, it wasn't like that stage with your sisters that she was like, you know, go make me grandbabies kind of thing. No, my mom was never big on that. Yeah. Yeah. Like she, she discouraged because my mom's a housewife. Yeah. And she discouraged my sisters from that. Yeah. Like, you know, they ended up like, you know, having kids and stuff. But like when she was, when they were young, I remember she would tell them specifically, do not end up like me. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be a housewife. Wow. Don't, you know. Yeah. 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 So your sisters do fine. Yeah. They're great. Yeah, they're great. Um, but my youngest sister is probably the most, um, like, by the book, good one out of us. Yeah. Yeah, as far as, like, you know, the life she lives and, you know, the the schooling she's had and stuff yeah. like that. What does she do? Um, She was IT for, like, the library systems in yeah, Phoenix. Yeah. And then she moved on to something else, but it's always like, you know, administrative and she makes good yeah. money and she has, you right. know, and she was technically supposed to be a failure. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, statistically. Well, that probably made her an overachiever because she was the little one. That yeah. happens. And statistically, you know, because she got pregnant. I think she was 14 when she was pre- got pregnant. Really? Yeah. How did, th- how did your family deal with that? That's young. Oh yeah, well it was a it was a problem. It was a thing. And it what year was that too? I mean, I don't even remember. I think you know. But that's yeah, that's that's a big thing to deal with. Ninety eight, ninety seven. Yeah, you know something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But then it's really neat to hear that she did well. 
Yeah, well, she turned it around. And so, you know, then when she was like 20 something, she ended up having another kid. Yeah. And, but, you know, by that point, she was already on a pretty good path. And, you know, so it was just like, at that point, it was just her having a baby. Did your family see that as like a big screw up or did they kind of just embrace what they were dealt? Like, just like, we got to deal with this. Yeah, we're always just a we got to deal with this family. Yeah. That's why I never feel like the world's caving in on me. Right. Because, like, my family has always just been like, yeah, well, we'll figure it out. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. I can I can relate to that, too. I mean, I, we, I, you know, I, I say almost every episode, like, I, you know, went through abuse for almost a decade. And, you know, we grew up poor in the projects. Like, it's so when people, when things are going wrong, you're just like, whatever, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Like, you make it work. You yeah, know. and there will be, you know, occasional yelling and screaming sure. and having to, like, you know, let off yeah. steam that way. But, like, as far as, like, everybody falling into this slump and doom, it's that yeah, doesn't yeah. happen in my family. It's like, yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah, that's true. You're, uh, were your sisters kind of supportive when you came out? Were you um, close to them? My oldest sister had had a gay friend in high school. Yeah. So she was a little too excited about it. It was almost disappointing. <laughs> like you know everybody else is giving resistance and she's just like oh yeah i don't care you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Like, <laughs> and you're like no yeah you're supposed to be mad i want some emotion she's yeah. like i don't care <laughs> yeah i remember she always used to say this dumb little phrase that everybody used to say when i was growing up and it was um don't make me none don't make me none. Yeah, don't make me none. Like, it doesn't matter to me. Oh, yeah, And yeah, so, yeah. like, you know, when I told her I was gay, she's like, don't make me none. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, all right. <laughs> and then my older, uh, my middle sister, um, Alki, um, she was very, um, she was like, so you're a faggot? And then that's the, the tone that it took. Wow. Yeah, and then, um, I, you know... I, she has my nephews and nieces. And so I was like, you know, well, you know, I just wanted to make sure you knew and stuff like that. And, and then she was like, um, I was like, uh, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, you weren't worried about like me being around the kids or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, and then yeah, right. she was like, she's like, yeah, I don't hang out with faggots, but that's their business if they want to. <laughs> so her kids yeah <laughs> <laughs> what and they were babies you know what i mean they That's were so little ridiculous. little at the time yeah and so like that kind of made me laugh in my head when yeah. she said that even at the time you know in my head i was just kind of like that's a funny way to put it because you when you came out i think you said you were 17 yeah yeah and so was it like to just everybody at the same time yeah like my family decision yeah yeah and it was um it was really rough for me you know, like deciding to, because I didn't know yeah. how they were going to react. And, you know, like things are so much different now. Then like, you know, it wasn't uncommon for people to be put out of their houses or, you know, sure. like that kind of stuff. And so I didn't know how I was going to, how I was going to go down. So there were, you know, like a couple of days where I just like, you know, I couldn't sit comfortably. I just had it on my mind. Right. I couldn't relax. I, everything was just like really at that point miserable. Sure. And, and, uh, and two, you told me too, that you, so you came out at 17, but you dropped out of high school in ninth grade. Yeah. Well, right after ninth grade, technically. So what, what were you, what, what, what happened where you dropped out of high school? 
You know, I was just, uh, I hate waking up early. I mean, there's got to be way more to it than that. <laughs> there really wasn't a lot outside of that. You know what I mean? Like, um, when I was in ninth grade, I remember that my school didn't start until third hour. Okay. Because I just wouldn't wake up. Yeah. And so then I went to an alternative school that started at noon. Yeah. And so then that was the way I got through right. ninth grade. And then, um, well, you know, half of ninth grade. Then second semester, I went back to regular high school. And um, it was it was whatever. But, like, I, I still wasn't able to wake up early. Yeah. And so um, then uh, I we moved to Phoenix. Yeah. And I was just really over school at that point. <laughs> were you were you working like right away? No. You just at home? Yeah. <laughs> me and my <laughs> me and my older sister Alecky played a lot of board games. You gotta be kidding me. I swear to God, we just sat on the couch playing board games. Um my mom's only rule we were allowed to drop out if we wanted to. Her only rule was we had to get a GED as soon as we were eligible for it. Yeah. So like and you, you did, know, yeah. I got my GED. That, I mean, it's just some. I, I think some of it probably might sound foreign to some people. Like what? Yeah. Like that's a wild way to do things. Yeah, but, but it, my mom just like always reminded us on that too. She was like, "Well, I have smart kids, so I know yeah. if you guys decide you're not going to go to school, you'll figure something out." Wow, that's uh, that takes a lot of balls. Yeah, maybe like she used to tell us, maybe you'll go back later, or maybe yeah. you'll find something else, or you know. And I wonder, like, it's it's interesting because I, this is a positive thing towards Mexicans, but I think they're hard workers and very resourceful. Yeah. Would that, would, would that be true? Yeah. No, that I, I agree mean, with. I mean, I think different types of people are different types of, have different attributes, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And, and that's just kind of a neat thing that it's like, yeah, your whole family, you made it happen. Yeah, and my dad, um, you know, he, I believe, dropped out, too. I think everybody in my family, with the exception of one of my sister, my oldest sister, I think all of us are GED people. So your oldest sister is the only one that graduated high school. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But everyone's doing fine. Yeah. It's funny now that, like, I feel like that then, you know, because we both graduated high school more than a decade ago, and... uh it's it's like now that like yeah high school you could get away with that mm -hmm. now I don't think you can as much like that now it's like people are now the the conversation is you can get away without college now yeah like, absolutely like <laughs> yeah. you absolutely can I mean so many people do and so many people should you know so if you're not paying for college yeah I think college is a scam but oh, that's just me personally it's just a, I I think it's a huge uh, pyramid scheme like mm -hmm. it's just it's uh it's insane. Yeah, and I mean, like, it makes no sense to me because you're asking kids at 17 and 18 yeah. to decide what they're going to do for the rest of their lives. Yeah, and to give you fifty to $100,000. Yeah, and then you have these people that are living these miserable lives because yep. they decided at 17 that they wanted to be an engineer. Right, and, and now they work at Best Buy. Yeah. I know. That's terrible. Yeah, well, that's, you know, you look at all the comics. Like, now there's a lot of comics that have unused degrees. Oh, I, you know, I feel like I, I just told somebody, I think there should be a podcast about that, by the way, trademark, if anybody does that, <laughs> but, uh, but I think there should be a comedian podcast called degrees we don't use. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I might start that. Uh, I'll produce it. Um, but really like I have two degrees like that I paid 90 grand for 
And like my friend, uh, I just I just found out my friend Abby Rosenquist. She's a comedian from Austin. Um, she has an engineering degree. Yeah, like super smart. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what? Like. And then you find out you see comedians and they're like, oh, yeah, I have like a n- nuclear science degree. Yeah, well, that's the like, thing. The shit? But it also falls under that just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah. You know, like that's what the thing is with that, in my opinion. It's like, yeah, these people are smart enough to do that, but that's not really what they want to yeah. do. You know, just because you're smart enough to do it doesn't mean. I'm not I'm not fully on the spectrum of like I regret every, you know, all my college I don't. I, I went to a Christian liberal arts college, mm-hmm. uh, which was a great mix. Made me the man I am. I went through counseling because in order to do counseling, you have to go through counseling, mm-hmm. which is good advice because not everyone does that. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people just go into counseling or ministry because they think it'll heal themselves and it does not. And those are the ones that molest children. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, but but that, it's one, it is one of the best personal experiences I had. Made me the man I am. Made me, you know, you know, thirst for knowledge, things like that. But um, I still think like, you know, from what I do now, it's like, I wish I would have got like a communications or marketing or business degree, like an MBA or something, mm-hmm. you know, it, it would make sense to know that now. And I actually taught myself marketing and advertising to change careers early on in my life. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's smart. I mean, like, you know, like, well, that's the thing. That's the other thing is like with so much access to information on the internet yeah. now, it's like, you don't really have to like, you know, yeah, I guess it's good, but. At the same time, we can learn anything we want to learn. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. Um, so before we get out of here, I, I just come, I, I gotta know, like, how, when did you start stand up? Um, I started stand up when I was well, 2003. Yeah, yeah, I was 27. You started at 27. Yeah. What did you do from, from high school to 27? You had um, to have some goofy jobs. Well, when I when I was young, I did all the regular stuff. Yeah. Um, like you know, like all the like I worked at McDonald's, I worked at Burger King, I worked right. at Jack in the Box. I um, you did do the fast food gamut, didn't you? Yeah, I really did. I dug trenches for the cable company for a short <laughs> while. I'm just picturing young gay Ty <laughs> working Jack in the Box and digging trenches. Oh, I hated all of it, you know. <laughs> and then, um. Then uh, I discovered that um, gay men really loved me and to pay for things for me. So I lived that life for several years. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, it was great. Was it an older gay guy thing? Like I never had a sugar daddy. Oh, okay. Yeah, like I just, you know... Um, like I, t- I, I don't remember who I was talking to this about before. Maybe it was at a storytelling show or something like that. But like when I first came out, like when I was younger, like I started noticing, like you know, there was a certain kind of guy that liked me, and they usually had money. Yeah. Like you know, people would ask me to go out on dates, and then I'd be like, you know, just legit like them or think that they yeah. were interesting, and so I'd say, yeah. And then, like, you know, they'd come pick me up in a really nice car and then, like, you know, take me to really nice places. And I started noticing this trend or whatever. Mm -hmm. So then I just got, like, you know, well, yeah, I can probably make money off of this. So that's what I started doing. (laughs) (laughs) And then, so you decided to do comedy, though. Yeah. Oh, and then also, and then, okay, so I got tired of that life um, when I was, like, 
25, I think I yeah. got tired of that. Um, and then, um, I went to work for a while in an office and I was doing, um, data entry. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but I was really like quick at it. Like originally they, cause like they had like this huge amount of forms mm -hmm. <clears throat> and it like, you know, all of it had to be input into the system. And, um, they had like four different people doing this because it was so boring that, you know, everybody would get tired of it. And so they, you know, had them on different jobs and they would do that every once in a while, but the stuff wasn't getting in the way they needed it to. And I was able to just put in earbuds and right. listen to music and just bang it out. You know what I sure. mean? And so, um, they decided that I was, um, you know, worth a decent amount of money because I was just able to do the job that they had four other people on before. And now right, they right. could just have me. So that's what I did for um, a couple of years. And even when I moved to LA, they let me do a telecommute. Oh, cool. Yeah, so that's how I was able to sustain myself when I first moved to LA. That's the best. When people move to LA, they can keep their job yeah. and do it like via online. Yeah. Oh, that's the best. Yeah, but it was like the thing was, it was, I was making decent money for living in Phoenix. Right. Then once I moved to LA. It was like, Shit money. Yeah. Yeah. I was living in my Jeep Grand Cherokee before yeah. long. Yeah. Though I had a friend who was working for, you know, like a construction company mm -hmm. doing, doing work, you know, and uh, not physical work, Yeah, you know, but like office specializing in construction stuff and was like pretty wealthy, uh -huh. you know, pr made pretty good money in Pittsburgh and then moved to LA and then like, <laughs> like they were poor. Yeah. And that's what it is. Yeah. That's why, you know, when people ask me, I've told you, like, people are like, oh, you move in LA. Like, I'm, I'm, I do well living in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. If I move to LA, we are in a two bedroom shithole. Yeah. With my wife and three kids. That's I live not, in, a, like, that's not happening. I live in a studio. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a nice studio. It's big. Yeah. But it's a studio. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, but for what I pay there in Phoenix, I could definitely have like a two or three bedroom house. Yeah. And, you know, absolutely. like, be a lot more comfortable in, in, if I were back in Arizona. But, you know, like, I have to be in LA to get more credits and stuff like mm -hmm. that. That's why I stay. Yep. That's why I fly out there all the time. Yeah, and I lived in Vegas for a while when I was younger, and that was also same, like, really good, like, cost of living and stuff like that. It is. It was then. Not now. Yeah, it's still not is terrible. It? No? No, it's not terrible at all in Vegas. I just know my friends, my friend from college moved out there for work. Mm -hmm. they, they got work, um, but the, their, the housing market crashed so hard. Mm -hmm. It's like they bought a four hundred thousand dollar house and could only sell it for like two twenty. Yeah, which is bad. Like the housing terrible because apparently they built tons of houses out there that they didn't need. Yeah, so there's just vacant houses sitting everywhere. Yeah, well, Whole neighborhoods. Um, I was dating a guy in Vegas like five years ago or mm -hmm. something like that, and I was spending a lot of time at his place, and um, he had that um, or that there was a you know the news was doing one of their nightly exposés oh, right. and it was vegas underwater yeah and it was just all about that and like the crash yeah yeah and that was nightly that they'd be talking about a new yeah it was bad so you started uh you started comedy in phoenix just barely barely yeah like you know when you're first well i don't know if it was the same for you but um a lot of people i've talked to like when you first start doing comedy 
you're um able to get up maybe once a week or twice a week you know right. like that's the way it was for me there wasn't a lot of stuff to do in phoenix now phoenix has a great scene yeah there's a lot of clubs yeah but like at that time 10 p.m prob was the only club club right and um they had like a open mic but the only way you could do it was if you took this comedy class right and I didn't want to take a comedy class. And so I wasn't in at the 10 p.m. prof. So there was this show I used to do at a place called The Sets that was called, um, I think it was The Valley's Funniest or something like that. Which was a contest, which was a bringer, which I didn't know what a bringer was. I yeah. just thought, oh, cool, you invite your friends. I don't know. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, so it was like that. And um, so... And then there weren't that many bar shows at all either. And then I like for a minute because I just really wanted to grow, but I had terrible stage fright. I would drive to Tucson every Tuesday to do three minutes. So <laughs> it's like three hour round trip driving yeah. to do three minutes of stage. What time. was the decision that you finally made? You were like, I'm going to do stand up. Well, just I like I when I started doing Tucson, um, like now there's cool comics in Tucson. A lot of them yeah. are really great with me, but they were not nice to me. Um, because like, even though I had bad stage fright and stuff like that, I was really good at writing and like, you know, I guess my nervousness made the audience, um, like me more. Right. Like pull for you. Yeah. yeah. And so I would get these really big reactions. Like I remember one of the first times I went to Tucson, literally people pounding on the tables during my jokes. <laughs> like it was just like, so, you know, like it, it, they just loved me. Yeah. And so then that made the Tucson comics not be nice to me. Yeah. I have, uh huh. Yeah. No, I, I came up pretty quickly. Yeah. And I, yeah. They were not nice to me the, at all. The people that were doing it two, three years, and then I catch up to them, and then past them, they don't like you. Yeah. yeah, and so that's what they did, and they would make it hard for me. Like you know, um, there was there's never really traffic between Phoenix and Tucson. It's yeah. usually like a clear shot, you know, just 85, 90 miles an hour. Yeah, you yeah. just go, and, and yeah. you know, like um, <clears throat> so one time I'm on my way out there. This is kind of why I left when I was like, okay, I'm done with this. I'm on my way to tucson from phoenix and for some reason there's an accident or something i just remember that i ended up being like 10 minutes late yeah from the sign up yeah and everybody knew i was coming from phoenix every right. week and so i get there and some of the comics are standing like you know in front of the list and then i was like i was like i know that the list closed like 10 minutes ago i was like is there any way i can sign up and they were like mm, sorry and i was like yeah you can't let me sign up and they were like sorry about that and i was like okay and so then you know i was trying to be nice so i stuck around and right. watched the open mic you know and plus i had just driven an hour and a half and the stress Ugh. of the traffic and yeah. it was so longer than an hour and a half you know wow. so i just like i sat and watched the show and then i just thought like you know i need to get out of arizona if yeah. i want to grow so where did you go um, I moved to LA like within a month or something. Really? Yeah. Like, so how long were you doing stand up before you moved to LA? Like four months. Get out of here. Yeah. So then you were just, you were just, you, how long you've been in LA? 13 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, you're doing it, man. Yeah. You're, you're starting to headline all around the country. 
And, uh, you know, well, like I said, when I saw you, you're touring with Joe Coy. And uh, you can, I don't know if people can see you on uh, Gabriel Iglesias' Stand Up Revolution. Yeah, they can They can search that on, um, if they just search Ty Rivera Stand Up Revolution, it'll come up. Because I know you do a great story on stage about how people, how about how uh, PC people got later on and they re-aired re your Stand Up Revolution special. And uh, now all of a sudden people don't like what you're saying. And, yeah. Uh, so, you know, people go watch that and see what you think, uh, and you'll get a pretty good taste of Thai. Is that a thing? That's, yeah, taste of Thai. Is that could be a t-shirt of yours? Take a, ta <laughs> take a taste of Thai. <laughs> we'll work on it. We'll see. We'll see if I can if I can if I can do a pitch for it. <laughs> I'm not good at the merge pitch. Uh well, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And I really did enjoy hanging out with you this weekend. Oh yeah, it's been great. We still have tonight. And then I know. And then you go to Little Rock. Yeah, off to Little Rock. I'm going home. Well, thanks very much, brother. And uh everyone can see Ty at tyrivera.com or America's favorite fag.com. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. I tell everybody, be kind, be funny, Ty. Cast.